I'm a true champion. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to the WrestlePod YouTube channel and podcast. I'm Aaron Nix, the Egyptian Death Machine, the harbinger of professional wrestling, loads of other stuff. You don't care about that. What you do care about is the state of wrestling address. Every week, the WrestlePod covers all of the week's wrestling news topics with a slight sense of irony and a shitload of uncensored behavior. Unfortunately, there's just two men giving you the business this week because Tanvir decided to fall asleep early because he's a gimp. That's what we assume. We haven't heard from him. Either that or Jay Miller has abducted him in celebration of his almighty birthday, 9-11. Uh, speaking of Jay Miller, go fuck yourself for still not fucking living up to your bet, mate. It's been five months, you fucking gimp. Back in the basement, you fritz all over. Uh, and so, yeah, we are left with, of course, the dynamic duo, the new dynamic duo, because Carl Wilkinson, apparently, one week was enough, so he's right back to his mother's basement, too. We are joined by the proprietor of Peace Haven, the man with the deadliest hammerlock in professional wrestling and possibly the most and brightest star and the future of what is British independent wrestling is, of course, the cream of the crop, Cameron Anderson. Thank you. Yeah, we're looking forward to bringing you the news, answering the questions that you want answers to, questions such as, has Kyle Wilkinson got a shag? Does Tanvir suck himself? And has Jay Miller got that rash checked yet? Nah, man, you got to pay for your healthcare, aren't you, in America? So... Uh, thus with him he is just a giant rash as to be said he, he just has mail on it <laughs> he ain't even replying to the abuse he don't want none he's scared he's probably fucking sending topless selfies of himself to Instagram models isn't it no, yeah. yeah he just Earth's puts mail on the rash Absolutely rotten. Right, let's get right into it. Still plenty of fallout from AEW. Have you heard uh, Hangman Page's comments this week? Uh, I have not. Excellent. So Paige uh, has made new friends in the Dark Order and he sent a special message to members of the stable on Instagram. After being an even small part of the movement with the Elite and our subsequent falling out, I was afraid of stagnation, Paige wrote. I was happy, fulfilled and getting a good paycheck, but without anyone to push me further. During Brody Lee's illness, I was scared to move forward with these guys, but we all still felt it was the right thing to do. I could never say enough about all of the Dark Order. Paige also gave a shout-out to Cabana, who was the centre of attention at the All Out Media Scrum, despite not even being there. A punk blasted his former friend and accused AEW's EVPs, the Young Bucks and Omega, of starting rumours that he played a role in Cabana being moved from AEW to Ring of Honor. Colt for being a fountain of wisdom and saying to me the most self-affirming words I've ever heard. Paige wrote, I owe a lot of my career to Matt, Nick and Kenny. I owe as much to these guys too. Thank you for helping me continue to grow. Is this genuine or do you think he's trying to stoke some uh, some more fire and trying to wind up the uh, EVPs and everybody involved a little bit more, particularly CM Punk, who he's obviously got a lot of beef with right now? Yeah, I don't know. I don't think he's done anything wrong. Um I really like Hangman Page. Um, I think it's really weird that they had him lose instantly in the new championship tournament. Like, Sammy Guevara has gone further than oh, he Brian has. Brian Danielson, which... didn't he? Yeah, he lost, like, fair enough, losing to Brian Danielson. There's no shame in that. But, mm. like, Sammy Guevara has gotten further. Like, and you'd think, like, to me, the most interesting match once everyone comes back would probably just be Hangman and Punk again. Because there is that beef, and it's like when there's a little bit of beef, it just makes the match better. Yeah, yeah. Um, 
I, I don't really care. Obviously, everyone wants to look into it. That's what the wrestling journalists want to do. Oh, he's trying to egg him on. Oh, he's taking Cole Cabana. So he might just simply be saying, hey, thanks. Like, you've been really good to me. Um, you know, I've, I've had issues with this in wrestling before where I've put a status out just praising somebody or sharing someone's graph. And everyone's like, you know, thinks that maybe I was talking about them. You know, and people like to jump the gun. We're all guilty of it. I'm sure I've done it at points, but I don't think it's that newsworthy, to be honest. But um, obviously, the suspensions continue. The people who have been suspended haven't been seen on TV yet. And from what I can tell, AEW doesn't seem to be taking much of a hit from it. Uh, the ratings aren't massively, dramatically different. Uh, the quality of the TV product, arguably, now that we've got old uh, Packy Two Belts, probably not the best name, actually, now I think about it. Let's just go with Two Pack. Um, but yeah, our boy Pack's got, you know, two tiles. I mean, to be fair, I think AEW's all right at the moment. Fair play to him. I watched it last week. It was actually all right. Uh, on the flip side of things, obviously NXT was the show that was running opposite AEW Dynamite for quite a while. Excuse me, I almost dropped my iPad. Um, did you see NXT last night? I haven't watched it, but I've seen the new logo. Yeah, so um, Tuesday's edition of NXT celebrated one year of the 2.0 brand and closed with a shocking ending as Solo Sokoa returned and captured the North American Championship from Carmelo Hayes, which is awesome, by the way. That guy is already set to be a megastar. Uh, the show did not end there. A short video narrated by Shawn Michaels then played as a montage of highlights from the brand over the past 12 months was shown. NXT has been and always will be about developing the superstars of tomorrow, but we will always reflect and acknowledge the past. NXT is constantly evolving and focused on the future. Superstars develop and move on, but our message to our passionate fans will never change. We are NXT. The final shot of the video featured the current multicolored logo. The 2.0 part of the log disappeared and the letters faded into silver letters outlined in gold over a black background. Many fans interpret the, interpreted this excuse me, as a sign that the brand will be reverting back to its black and gold roots. So do you think um, NXT should kind of go back to what made it famous in the first place? All right. To be fair, I actually quite like the 2.0 logo and I like the branding. You're one of them. Um, I'm sorry? You're one of the only people I know who said they like it. Everyone hated that logo, you know, with all the colours and that. Yeah, I, 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 I like it. I think it's fine. I think it's cool, and it kind of just breaks up the monotony of like, okay, we've got, you know, red show on a Monday, and we've got our blue show on a Friday. You know, I think it's I think it's a cool design. I really like the branding. I like the staging and that. I think 2.0 is like the dumbest name. It doesn't make any sense. Like it's a weekly TV show. It's not like NXT. Just call it NXT, innit? Yeah, it's not like Friends Series Two comes out. It's just Friends Two. Like it doesn't make sense. Um, And if I'm someone who's just casually flipping through and I see 2.0, I'm gonna be very confused. Like is this like Tosh Point Oh something like that? It's weird. I don't know. I don't like it. Yeah, it doesn't sit well with me. Um, I wouldn't be against them going back. I think. I don't really care about branding as much as I do the actual in-ring content and what they're showing me on screen. As long as they're bringing me that same level of intensity, that indie-rific but sports entertainment-based style of wrestling that made them famous, the Undisputed Era, you know, all that good stuff with Asuka and Shayna Baszler and all these great wrestlers who are now kind of mainstream talents. Um, as long as they're still doing that, that's fine. Uh you know, less of the colourful bullshit and a little bit more of the aggression and things like that, and that'll be fine with me. Uh... Road Dog seems to want to poke a bit of fun at CM Punk uh, on his cod <laughs> on his podcast. That's where everyone's got a podcast. Uh, oh, you didn't know? 
Uh, James suggested a punk wanted clauses in his contract guaranteeing title reigns. I also heard if you don't want to be the champion, then there's no reason for you to be in this business. Well, there's only one champion. If that was the mentality of everybody in the industry, there'd be one person on the card, he said, before taking a shot at the former AEW World Champion. If you're coming into this with a CM Punk mentality of, I need to be a main event, I need to be a champion, you've got bigger fish to fry, James said, before beginning to sing Michael Jackson's Man in the Mirror. No idea. Uh, he refers to Punk as a marquee in the second verse. Uh, Co-host Casio Kid, no clue, asked if there's anybody else James would like to bury. And he said that he buried who he wanted to because Punk is, in his quotes, not a nice person. If you've been friends with somebody for so long and all of a sudden you're in a lawsuit over stuff, you can't just talk to one another. I don't understand it. Obviously referring to Punk and Colt Cabana. Do you think the CM Punk's a mark for only wanting to be a main eventer? Um, no. Weird not take. really. I think, Weird obviously, take. if you got... If you you know you got your own goals. I think everyone should want to be a main eventer. Um, obviously I'm a tag team guy at the moment. I enjoy being a tag team, but um, yeah, I think everyone should really want to be in the main event. You want to be in the top position at all times. Um, what I I really love Road Dog to be honest. I think it's so funny how he's just so shameless of what he says. Like and when he got sacked and he's just begging for a job. It's so funny. I think, yeah, he's got to be self-aware. Like, that is so jokes. <laughs> I I don't really... Like, I, I, I'm i not a fan of CM Punk, like, overall. I think he's a bit overrated. Good worker, great mic worker. You know, his, his attitude is what it is. Like, whatever. I'd, be, I'd probably have more of an attitude if I was making the money he was. But I, I don't see how you can rip on him for wanting to put in his contract, yeah, I'm a big deal. Like, in any sport, um, you know, whether it be American football, our version of football, professional baseball, you name it. Uh, loads of these players will have clauses into their contract. They'll have incentives, like if they score enough goals or create enough opportunities that they'll get, you know, bonuses or payouts and things like that. I don't see why this is any different. If you've already established yourself as one of the best wrestlers in the world, who he is in the eyes of many, why wouldn't you want to be considered that and treated that way? Uh, the problem would be if he was put in the ring with, I don't know, Jungle Boy. And they said, right, go out there, 20 minutes, make Jungle Boy look as strong as possible. You might be going over, you might not, whatever. Just make sure that you really go out there and do a great job and have a great match. And both guys looked amazing. If he's not doing that, then he's a bit of a mark. If he's like, oh, yeah, well, I'm a champion, so obviously everyone needs to lose in two minutes, like Hulk Hogan did, that's a different story. But I don't think Punk is doing that. So if Carl Wilkinson was here, he'd probably be like, ooh, fuck that CM Punky. But um, <laughs> bottom line is, it's not that big a deal, really, if you ask me. Any other thoughts, mate? Um, yeah, I just think what you said about, obviously, having a lawsuit with your friend. Um, you know, come back to the pod next week for the Nick's Anderson lawsuit. Out, <laughs> um, I'm ceasing to assist in. I'm going to get a cease and desist from CM Punk at some point, or one from Carl Wilkerson <laughs> about talking about his basement. So we may as well talk about it because everybody's desperate to have a little rant about it. The PWI 500 dropped today. Number one, Roman Reigns. Uh, obviously. Um, number two was Kazushka Okada. Number three was CM Punk. Four was Adam Page. Five, Bobby Lashley. Six, Cody Rhodes. Seven, Brian Danielson. Eight, El Hijo Del. Uh, nine, Big E. 
and 10, Jonathan Gresham. There's quite a lot of great names in this list after the facts, but that's the top 10. Uh, you've had a look at it. We had a very brief discussion about it before we started the podcast. Any thoughts on it? Uh, bear it in mind, I should point out, it is a semi-kayfabe list. So they base it on your work rate, how many wins and losses you have, um, how prominent your title reigns are, things like that. So there's a lot of things that go into it, and it's not a complete, like, you know, shoot. So take it with a pinch of salt, like we say every year. Yeah, I think Roman Reigns at the top is like a no-brainer, isn't it? Um, you know, it's been an incredible run for him. Um, I, yeah, I think a lot of people are kicking off because of uh, Mox not being included, but um, a lot of his sort of main event stuff has just kind of kicked off recently again. Um, and obviously that's outside of the evaluation period they have. Um, yeah, I, you know, you're never going to please everyone with a list like this when you just put in 500 to one of basically everyone's favorite wrestlers. Uh, I would have liked to see a few more names that like we work with, but it's what it is, just a list. Yeah, it is. Like you say, it's just a list. There's no point in expending an extreme amount of energy on it. A lot of people might raise eyebrows at the fact that Bron Breaker is one place above Will Ospreay. Interesting choice. I know Bron Breaker's had a pretty decent run, but Will Ospreay's been working like a motherfucker. Like, you can't say that. I think Will Ospreay probably deserves to be in the top 10, in my opinion. So does Josh Alexander, not just because obviously I'm in love with him and uh, that you own his boots, but he's, like, he's the world champion of Impact. Like He's a legitimate world champion. He's having one of his best runs. He's having amazing matches. Uh, and then Seth Rollins interests me at 17, one place above Adam Cole. And Adam Cole shouldn't even be close to these guys. I love Adam Cole. I think he could legitimately be one of the best wrestlers in the world. But he's not booked that way. He's not treated that way. He hasn't had a very prominent year, especially since he left NXT. Um, so, yeah, like loads of names around here. Mike Bailey's 30. It's pretty cool. Somebody you've had a seminar with. Uh, no Tate Mayfair's from what I can see, which is disappointing because they have added a few British wrestlers. Doug Williams is on here, you know, which is great, but he hasn't had the biggest body of work. Kevin Owens is down at 36. That's understandable. He's had a lot of injuries. He's had kind of like two or three prominent moments, but he's not had a long consistency of work. We the Utah, 43. WrestleMania. Yeah, he did main event WrestleMania, but it's one of those things of like if you're taking into account the length and breadth of your title runs and things like that. He hasn't really had anything, has he, other than that? That's probably the only thing you can really go to with him. Some interesting names in here that are sort of poking around. Um, <clears throat> you know, Pax way down the list at 56 again. Can't really argue that because he's kind of on and off quite a lot. Ricky Stark seems pretty low as well. Um, it just feels like it's a list of guys who, you know, there's a lot of guys here. Like, for instance, 63 is Finn Balor, 64 is Champa, 65 is Edge. Yeah, so I felt Edge might have been a little high. I'm not saying he should have been top 10, but like you say, it's a list. It, like you say, I'd like to see more of the people we work with or the people we know. Tate Mayfair's has had, in the last year, one of the most astonishing runs on the British independent scene. He's working with Anthony Agogo at Progress, things like that. Like, if you're saying to me, I get that you can't cover everywhere and you can't see everything, but I feel like he's been prominent enough and he's been on NXT UK and he's been on a network and he's done so many things in the last year and he can't make the top 500 wrestlers. Mm. Okay. I thought, um, I thought that Mills would be on there to be honest. Connor Mills. Yeah. I, um, yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I, he uh, might be there, but I haven't had a. Yeah, that's fair enough. My apologies for Cameron Anderson's uh, camera. It's a little bit scatty at the moment. His internet. Ooh, um, Sorry. That's all right, mate. Uh, Great O'Khan's 194. Dexter Loomis, 195. Lurking, just like he does in real life. 
And yeah, because uh, Michael of... Oku's um, 106. So I just thought where him and Mills, I think a lot of their sort of bigger stuff have just been kind of like um, connected in a way. Obviously being part of the... Yeah. Um, yeah. My apologies. Cameron Anderson literally died. Um, I have no idea what's going on. There seems to be a massive delay on his camera. We'll try and get him back as we go. Uh, I'm looking at the just the general sort of list. Um, there's nothing that massively offends me. QT Marshall being in the list at all is amusing to me. Um, I always look down the bottom. I always go straight down the bottom to see who's kind of floating around. One thing that I did notice, Tommy Vendetta in at 475, our boy from uh, uh, the um, from the podcast that we did, obviously, a while back. We had Tommy Vendetta on the podcast. It was very cool to see him in there. G Money's in there at 476. Kind of feel like if he carries on the way he is, it'd be much higher next year. Ultimo Dragon's in there at 465. I have no idea he's still wrestling. Um, Leighton Buzzard, who I worked with the Coliseums in there. So for me, I'm look- I'm choosing to be a bit more positive this time around. I'm looking at it and thinking, oh, I work with that guy. Oh, I know that guy. Oh, that guy's cool. Oh, I really like that guy. Maggot from Progress and WXW. He's in there at 418, you know, uh, 419, excuse me. One place below Kylie Ray. It's an interesting choice. You got to feel like after they get the sort of top 50 or so, then they just start throwing names in there because it you've got it takes too long to sit down and list all these. I do not have the time or patience to write 500 names down and work out where they need to be. I've got a general idea of who the best is, um, and I've got a general idea of who's shite. <laughs> Man like Derice, 410. Very cool. <clears throat> very, very cool. We saw him the other day, didn't we? Yes, we did. Yeah, it was very cool. We saw him outside Classic yeah, Castle. Man like yeah, very Man cool. was making moves on Nardi Sapphire. Don't blame him. Do not blame him at all. Good for you. Get that bounty, fam. Um... Yeah, no, some great names in here, people that I really like, but that's pretty much it. Anything else you want to talk about with it, mate? Um, Yeah, I think, to be honest, there's a lot of positives with a list like this, especially if you just go to the bottom, you can really see who's coming through and maybe see a couple of people you forgot about. So, I don't know, I don't think it's worth getting upset over a list and, like, placements and that. And I Just, like, you know, take it in for what it is, maybe have a look, have a look at a few wrestlers maybe you hadn't seen matches of before. <laughs> All right. Well, check it out, guys. If you want to see the list, you can. Just type in PWI 500. It's available across the internet. It's probably on Twitter. Somebody probably screenshot it all. Uh, here's a bit of news that interested me. So a dream tag team match between the Lucha Brothers and the Briscoe Brothers was set to happen at the upcoming Warrior Wrestling 25 event on October the 2nd. However, the independent promotion has released a statement confirming that match is no longer happening. This announcement has been made after the promotion spoke with Ring of Honor and AEW, where all four were wrestlers work. But each team will still be on the events card competing in separate matches. Um, they also tweeted that they will have Eddie Kingston on hand. He's been sent by AEW, so that's a big deal. To be fair, Warrior Wrestling is quite a prominent and pretty good independent promotion in America. I've seen a lot of their work. It's a lot of fun. Um, so, yeah, they said they're excited to host the Mad King. But unfortunately, the Briscoes versus Lucha Brothers match, which was originally supposed to happen back in March, House of Glory, um, but didn't because of Ray Phoenix's injury, um, that's not happening at all now. Um, no official reason was provided as to why Tony Khan didn't want the encounter to take place at Wrestle, uh, Warrior Wrestling, excuse me. But for now, this is a dream bout that's had to be shelved. Do you think that there's been a little bit of political power play here? Maybe they see that as a two-by-value match to be shoved away on an indie? I think, yeah, very clear that they want to have it as their first time ever match. Um, I don't think there's much more to say there. A uh, bit, you know, maybe a bit disappointing for the Warrior Wrestling fans, but, you know, they still get to see both teams do what they do. 
Um, and to be honest, by changing that card up a little bit, they could be up against some up and comers, which could be really beneficial for their careers. So, could be could be some positives. Who knows? Yeah, if AEW, if Tony Khan especially had stuck his nose in and said, look, you know, I don't really want that match happening because, you know, whether it's Ring of Honor or AEW is kind of a a misnomer because both companies, obviously under the Tony Khan umbrella, he owns both of them. So it doesn't mean anything. It's just a different kind of shading, you know, whatever it might be. Um, It's disappointing, but it's nice that they they might have said, look, we don't want that match, but I'll tell you what, we'll do you a favour. How about Eddie Kingston? (laughs) And it's like... If I'm Warrior Wrestling, I'm thinking, yeah, no, I can work with that. That's pretty sick. And they are still allowed to all be on the show. If they pulled them off entirely and said they can't wrestle, I would have been like, hmm, because they've signed contracts where they're actually allowed to work independent dates still, as long as they're signed off by their current employers. So, yeah, I'm not going to get my, you know, knickers in a twist over that. Uh, For me, it's more a case of, yeah, I'd like to see that match, but... Me, personally, I'd absolutely love to see it on TV as well. If I'm going to watch it, I definitely want to watch it with the big production values on a big pay-per-view, as opposed to just being on an independent show, no matter how good it is. Um, Nothing against Warrior Wrestling. Good for them for having the initiative to book the match, but I'm sure they'll still work a great part. But you've got all four of those guys working singles bouts and Eddie Kingston. I think you'll be okay. I think that'll be definitely worth the money, and I'm sure everyone will buy it regardless. So, no issue here. Um, there is a report apparently that WWE Championships might soon be debuting a new design. According to a custom belt maker, Dan Beltzer. Come on, man. Um, <laughs> come on. A little part of me. That might be his legal name. We don't know. Can you imagine? Um, changes <laughs> come on the pod. Get your passport out. <laughs> Dan Beltzer. I want an interview on the WrestleFuck immediately. Uh, changes are coming to the WWE Tag Team Championships as well as to the Women's Tag Team Championships. As of yet, it's unclear whether the alterations for the Men's Championships are for the Raw titles, the SmackDown titles, or both, because currently they are unified. Uh, new WWE Tag Belts are described to be to me as being the existing design, dual-plated, black strap, and having a stacked large WWE logo in the center, Beltzer said. <laughs> Women's belts getting coloured backing soon. So from what I can tell, it's not a complete overhaul, but a bit of a tweak. Any need to do this, do you think? Um, Maybe in some places. Um, I don't know. I'm still distracted by Dan Beltzer, to be honest. Um, I what really I want us to hunt this guy down. I want to see his ID, and if it says Dan Beltzer, I'll drink some HP sauce, and yeah. I'll, I want it to be true. I, I want to do it. Um... Yeah. And I actually <laughs> believe that you'll do it, unlike that fucking melt, Jay Miller. Yeah, runaway Miller. Um, but no, pretty much. I I think yeah, maybe the tag belts could do it a bit of sprucing. Um, I'm I'm not against the idea. I think a lot of the designs at the moment aren't quite iconic. Um. And I'm not a fan of if it's for women, it gets a white strap. I think that's so dull. Yeah, just seems a bit cliched now. A bit like I've noticed on the indies over here, a lot of companies just automatically go with a pink or purple design, which makes it very diva-ish. And I just think, why does it matter? They just have a belt that works with your brand, not with what you think everyone's going to love. I think the biggest mistake here is trying to make belts that the fans will pop for. Um, quick question. What do you think is the best looking title in professional wrestling? In professional wrestling as a whole? Yeah, sure. Oh. What belt stands out to you most? The CWP Tag Team Championships. Which, of <laughs> course, will be defended 
October 22nd at Oasis Hub, Lords Academy in Southampton. Tickets will be a tenner for adults, £5 for children, all profits going to Dylan's Quest. And of course, the reigning champions of Good Goth Almighty. Uh, the Goff Daddy Zander and the Urban Goff, Frankie T, they will defend the CWP Tasting Championships against two-thirds of the Bromats, who currently exist as Victor Logan, Cameron Anderson, and Aaron Nix. There we go. Yeah, <laughs> much better. See, that's much more imposing than Cruz, isn't it? Like, yeah, babe. <laughs> Yeah, fucking, let's mug that twink off. I'll tag me and bra. I'll be in the corner. Uh, no, I won't be. I'll be at Rumble working, unfortunately, but I am very excited about this match. Any um, any uh, part in wisdom that you want to uh, give Frankie T in particular? He's been chatting a lot of shit in the group chat. He's been chatting a lot of shit on social media as well. He seems to have found his Twitter game a bit lately. What do you think about Frankie T opening his yapper? Oh, don't worry. We've got it all planned out. We're going to get him in the ropes, tied up in the ropes. We're going to pour the HP sauce down his throat and just pin him off that. That is the finish, ladies and gentlemen. I'm sorry to spoil the show. <laughs> yeah. In many ways, the HP role is ready to go. I, um, yeah, I'm, I'm fully, sorry, Frankie. I love you, boy, but man, you've been ducking me for ages anyway, and you won't give me a match because you're a little pussy. Also, fuck it. Let's just be real here. Bromance for the win. Come on. It's got to be. It's got to be. It's, yeah. it's time for a new era in tag team wrestling. And that era has big ass Hawaiian shirts and has a lot of laying to do. Yes, it We're does. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. But Benny be- V, you can't join. Fuck off. <laughs> Who can't join? Benny V. <laughs> nah, he's, um, well, he's running around Rusty Jack at the moment. So. And uh, apparently Sensational Simon is subservient to him in ACW and has to do as he's told. So that should be a laugh anyway. So that'll keep him busy. But can't help but notice. Wait, what? Is... So at the last ACW show, Big Benny V faced Sensational Simon. And the winner, um, the loser, had to join the winner's faction. So Big Benny V hit him with the Bisto driver, as he likes to call it. The packing car <laughs> driver, yeah. He's a proper Northerner who loves his gravy. Uh, and Sensational Simon was tossed a Hawaiian shirt and must now do whatever Rusty Jack and Big Benny V want to do on ACW Saw. But it doesn't stop there because Big Benny V has just been added to the uh, the trios match. So it'll be Big Benny V and the Knobs, Sensational Simon and Dirty Dave against the Beatdown, which, of course, you guys know because you gave them a beatdown of their own. And, of course, their tag team partner, Roger Sears, who is obviously my boy, the main eventer. So, um, yeah, a lot of bad blood swimming around. What do you think about Big Benny V and Rusty Jack essentially doing a tribute of bromance? Because, let's be honest, they clearly stole the gimmick from you. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, I'm glad you said that. You know, it needed to be said. I just think, you know, people see the Hawaiian shirts on the poster and they, they go in, expect they pay money, get the ACW sellout, expecting to see bromance. And then they just got this weird little act going on. I think Rusty Jack is crew, so they don't see the difference. But, you know, it's weird. It's... I'm, I'm, ha- I'm happy to hear that Simon has been enslaved. If there's one positive out of all of this... <laughs> If there's one positive from all of this, it's that slavery <laughs> still exists just for sensational Simon. <laughs> dear, oh dear. I love how Cameron Anderson's camera broke again and it's just a freeze frame in of brackets. <laughs> yeah, in brackets, we do not condone slavery. The rest of the plug, no point condone <laughs> slavery. <laughs> um, 
nor nor ever will we. Thank you very much. Now, speaking of rather shady issues, my genetics back in the hospital. Thankfully, not for trying to bang his daughter. Uh, former WWE Intercontinental Champion Marty Janay is in the hospital after un- undergoing surgery on his right ankle. The specific nature of the injury is unclear. Janay posted an update on his condition along with a photo of his ankle on Facebook. In the post, Janay joked about getting back in the ring soon. I'm very proud to say that ankle, that ankle right there, it's just slightly damaged from all those years of putting my foot in people's rear ends and jumping off top ropes to the floor. The 62-year-old Janetti has spoken in recent years about the ongoing trouble with his ankle as well as his reaction to Diamond Dallas Page attempting to reach out for support. I love DDP to death, Janetti said. I don't want to say nothing negative, but there was a couple of negative things. His response was not one I liked, and I'll just leave it at that. I think Marty Janetti needs a bit of help from DDP Yoga. Um, I don't really know much about what's going on with Marty Jannetty. I'm glad he's okay. Um, if he's just had this problem with his ankle, um, but yeah, odd bloke, interesting fella. Would you um, would you bang your daughter when you're sixty and off your tits? <clears throat> oh, I don't have a daughter, so to be honest, I've never been put in this situation, so I don't know how I would react. So I'm going to give him the everyone benefit. Everyone else is of like, well, that's clearly a flat out no. Cameron Anderson, the other end. You have to see. You have to wait and see. Never <laughs> you, say you've no never been in the bucket. position. Look, at the end of the day, we've never been in the position where we've raised a girl, she's grown up to be attractive, and then you found out you're not related. Right? That's a roller coaster of emotions. Yeah, yeah, it's not something <laughs> I really want to go to, especially as I'm getting up there in my years. Um, made enough mistakes as it is. Thank you very much. Uh, according to WrestleFolks, the situation with undisputed WWE Universal Champion Roman Reigns is complex, as WWE wants to go into WrestleMania with two champions, but also doesn't want Roman Reigns to lose at all between now and WrestleMania with at all emphasized. Citing a source, WrestleVotes said that WWE Chief Content Officer Triple H and his team are open to all things creatively here. So this is kind of a double barrel question, really. First of all, should they go into WrestleMania with two champions, not one? And second of all, if they do, and you're happy with them doing so, how do you get one of the belts off of Roman Reigns? I don't know, because I quite like there being one world champion. You know, there's I... only, you know, it was, there's it only one peak of the mountain, so to speak. Um, I'm cool with it. I'm cool with there being one. If they have to do two... Um, then, yeah, they've kind of put themselves in a corner because you can't really take it off Roman um, without jeopardising him. I mean, maybe at Clash of the Castle, we could have seen that. But now that that's passed, I don't want to see it happen. Um, yeah, no, it's a very difficult situation they've been put in. Yeah, I um, <clears throat> I wouldn't mind one champion, but get rid of the brand split. You know, why not have Roman Reigns on both shows when you need to have him? Uh, if he's not there for whatever reason, elevate a title. And that actually leads in nicely to another news topic idea. Apparently, there is a very strong um, perception within the company that Triple H is looking to make the United States Championship the most prominent belt on Raw, essentially like the IC title was when the champion, you know, when Brock Lesnar wasn't around, they used to make the IC title the kind of figurehead of what they were doing on TV. Uh, do you like the idea of Bobby Lashley, United States champion, basically being treated as a main eventer with a main event belt until they can find out how to maybe have a world champion back on one brand and one on the other? Yeah, no, I'm absolutely cool with that. I think uh, Bobby Lashley with the US title has been great. Um, I actually didn't think he was going to win it in the first place off of Austin Theory, but I've really enjoyed it. I think he's been a fantastic champion. Um, 
yeah, I, I'm all for that. I like that idea. Yeah, I, I don't have anything against it. Bobby Lashley feels legitimate. He feels, you know, he's been WWE champion. He's a fucking specimen. He's an absolute Leviathan. To be honest, mate, if you really, really want to boost the ratings, I think it's time to bring Goldberg back. Well, for the US title. Yeah. Goldberg should beat Bobby Lashley. Uh, Goldberg's son should interfere on his behalf. Lashley should obviously kill him. And then um, Goldberg should win the United States title in about a minute. Oh, man. I just want Gage Goldberg to join the bromance. Gage Goldberg in the bromance. I feel like Hook would be quite useful in the bromance as well. Hook would be useful. We're just we're just absorbing all of the rest in children. I need to stay Wait, here so that bromance looks a lot better. <laughs> yeah, we're just absorbing all of the second and third and fourth and fifth generation wrestlers. Yeah. Anyone who's, anyone who's hot and got a six pack, get a lay on and let's get down to business. Um, the Rock's daughter's uh, started training so she can get in the bromance too. Yeah, she has. Yeah, she has. Any thoughts on what she should be called? Um, don't know. The Rock 2.0. Stephen. <clears throat> just Dwayne, innit? Just Dwayne. <laughs> Fuck it. Just call her Dwayne and be done with it. Like, it'll be fine. I'm sure she'll be amazing. I feel sorry for her because they, you know, how are you supposed to live up to that? Like Charlotte Flair, I think, has done an amazing job of living up to her family's name, but that's a freak specimen and entirely different. That's a prodigy. Uh, it remains to be seen whether The Rock's daughter will have the same kind of impact. She's definitely going to have everything at her disposal to be great. I just hope she doesn't end up a bit like a women's dominant Mysterio, where it's like nobody gives a shit about you and nobody's watched your dad wrestle for fucking a number of months now, so why should we give a shit? <sighs> Is what it is. Uh, more news on the uh, Young Bucks reportedly reaching out to WWE. Have you heard about this? <clears throat> yeah, I did, actually. I've seen the headline. I've not really read too much into it. Yeah, so despite the fact that it was re- recently reported that the Young Bucks have sent out feelers to WWE to gauge their interest, gauge where, to interest um, to gauge their interest once their AW contracts run out, Dave Meltzer has claimed that Nick and Matt Jackson have denied the situation during the latest Wrestling Observer Radio. While it was noted that the former AW Tag Team Champions do talk to people in WWE, that is something that is considered to be normal due to friendships that they have made over the years in the business. Of course, there is still a possibility that feels were sent out, but the brothers have claimed it did not happen privately. Um, quite simple, really. Do you think the Young Bucks have a place in WWE if they want it? I don't know. I think Uso's Young Bucks would be a um, pretty exciting match. Um, I know you're not the biggest fan of the Young Bucks, and nor am I, to be completely honest, but... I'd definitely be in the Usos corner watching that one, and I think it would be really exciting. Like there could be some really tense near falls there. It's a thing where, from a business standpoint, it makes sense. Like personally, I don't care, but from a business standpoint, they've built up enough cash and they've got enough of a following that they could do some damage or create some sort of stir in the company if they were booked the right way. As long as they could keep their fucking egos in check, I think the problem with Young Bucks is. I don't believe they can work in a system like WWE where even though they're obviously being given better creative and better opportunities now that big Vinnie Mac has kind of, you know, just left the building. I still feel like the young bucks would have a problem adhering to orders and shutting up and doing as they're told when needed. And that would be the issue. And ultimately, whether you like it or not, they are in a job and they're paid very well to take direction. It's not like they're paid $10 an hour. You know, it's not like they work at Walmart or, God forbid, 
dollar general where they get sucked off underneath the counter. Like, you know, this is this is this this is a very well paid wrestling business, so the biggest business in the world. So if they come into WWE, yeah, sure, negotiate all the money you can get, get a great payday. But you know what? Do what's good for business, not what's good for you. So no idea. I don't personally think they'll end up there. If they do, it'll be like a a brief run. But the older they get. And the longer their stuff goes on, the less alluring it becomes. So now would probably be the best time to pull the trigger if they were going to do it. Because I feel like from this point going forward, especially with all the nonsense that's broken out with the backstage fighting and that, um, it feels like their cachet is going to just keep dropping in terms of their value at WWE at least. Yeah, I think it's really at a peak right now, isn't it? And um, yeah, I think their contracts are up in 2024. Um, Obviously, don't quote me on that. you know, I don't know for sure, but yeah, I think it'd be really interesting if it were to happen. Um, yeah, which I don't know. I, I think it'd be quite jokes. Uh, I don't know. I think I think it would be very interesting to see something like that happen. Tambir is not here, and that's a shame because the man who puts wood in Bollywood would probably have a right hard on over this one. Uh, Gray O'Khan was quoted recently in an interview uh, with Wrestle In, um, not the Downs Inn or whatever it is that we know about, the one that's local to you. Um, the former IWGP tag team champion admitted that he didn't feel the AEW roster was quite up to the standards of New Japan. He felt that, a- he said, uh, in quotes, we felt that AEW is full of indie wrestlers. Great Okan told the site, there are plenty of formidable wrestlers there, but they are unrefined and ill-educated. A shame. What do you think about that statement? Do you think that's fair to say? I, th- I think that's fair to say. Um, if you think about it from the perspective that, you know, like on Dark dark Elevation, there is a lot of indie talent. There is a lot of unsigned people going through that system. So I think, yeah, if Greg Khan sees that, he's going to feel like, you know, these people definitely need to um, take some sandpaper to it and, uh, you know, neaten things up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I'm I'm just saying that obviously I'm not, you know, the perfect wrestler just yet. I'm still working on all my stuff, trying to get better and better every time. Um, but I'm I'm working, um, I'm training in a, a school that is got ties to the new Japan system. So hopefully, you know, I you know, the school that I go to it is sort of like their sort of level, I believe. Mm. So that should be, you know, hope great for me as time goes on. Yeah, I don't have a massive issue with him saying it. It's, it's the way he saw it. When he said um, ill-refined and uneducated, you can see how that might rub some people up the wrong way. Uh, it'd be interesting to see what the reaction is to that. haven't seen any reaction to it yet, but that's where you'll know if there's something more afoot. If more people come out and they're like, huh, it depends how much of a scene they're going to make about it. I don't think Great O'Connor gives a shit, to be honest. He's a fucking tank anyway. And I'm sure Tanvir would agree if he was here with his statements because literally Great O'Connor can do nothing wrong in the He's like a top star, isn't he, now in New Japan? Top, he top is. star. He is, yeah. Um, yeah I'm, I'm happy to see uh, Gideon, Gideon Gray go over there now mm. as the mastermind of the United Empire. Um, That's really cool because I know that's something that he was... Uh, you know, that's something that he's wanted to do for a long time now, I imagine. Yeah, I almost feel like Gideon Gray has sort of sat there very patiently and waited for the right opportunities for him. He hasn't just taken every opportunity. He's waited for the ones that he thinks will work for him and are good for his side of business. That's just me spitballing, obviously, but it is great to see him on TV. Uh, speaking, yeah. of seeing, speaking of seeing like wrestling I've, on TV, are you a fan of Cobra Kai? Oh, big fan of Cobra Kai. I actually watched the uh, latest series this week. 
So you watch it at all? I've never seen it actually. Um, really? You watched um? Worth watching. You watched any of the uh, Karate Kids, the OG ones? Yeah, I've seen the OG films. Yeah. Yeah, all three of them. Yeah. Oh mate, to be fair, I actually like all three. People saying Karate Kid Part Three is bad, and I rate it. I think it's good. All right. It's all right. It's, it, it, you know, sequels are always going to have a hard time living up to the bill. Um, I will say one thing out of all the third films that are most overrated, probably the Matrix films. But I think the third one's very. Mm, I think, to be fair, Great I think the Matrix in. sequels are overhated, um, they, in my opinion. I do agree with that. I think the second one's excellent. I really love the second one. Um, the third one is fine. It's just not a stand. It's not a blockbuster. And the problem is, you're not going to beat the first one, which is so good. Like, there's such a massive disparity between the first one and the other two. But the one thing I do like about the third one is the action sequences are some of the best. Like, especially the robot fights, you know, with the Sentinels. I think that's fucking sick. Like, that's really well done. Um, the problem, I think, is that a lot of it was based outside of the Matrix, wasn't it? In Zion and whatever. So, I haven't seen the four films. Yeah. So I don't know how they cleaned it all I... up. I think, to be honest, like, um, you know, at the end of the second Matrix film, the the space squid, fit, not their robots, aren't they? The robots, the machines come towards him and he stops them with his hand. Mm. I thought that was going to be like, they think they're released, but they're actually just in the backup Matrix. So the there's going like to be second Matrix. Yeah, it's like, well, you know, they think they're free, so they're going to stop trying to escape. Uh, but unfortunately, that wasn't it. But that would have been really cool. I think that would have been a great twist. I don't. I haven't seen the fourth one, so I don't know if it goes into that at all. But um, yeah, I think that would have been better than what they. Well, according to Five for Slate, NWA's Luke Hawks is appearing in the newest season of the popular streaming series Cobra Kai. What's his name? Luke Hawks. Oh, I, I don't know what he. Hold on, let me see if I can find out what he looks like because um, if he's in the latest series, series five. Because there, there has been a couple like background fighters who I've been like, surely I've seen this man. Like this guy yeah. looks so familiar to me. Uh, this isn't the first time Cobra Kai, Cobra Kai, excuse me, has crossed over with wrestling though. Uh, earlier this year, the previously mentioned Martin Cove made a special appearance on AEW. There, he served as the sensei for then AEW Women's World Champion at the time, Doctor Britt Baker, DMD. That was sick. That was uh, so sick. Warning to Ring of Honor Women's Champion Mercedes Martinez, which I'm sure went down like a sack of shit. <laughs> Mate, what a fucking G! Now Martin Cove is the fucking man. Um, Jimmy, um, are you gonna watch Cobra Kai series five? I mean, maybe. I I need to watch season one before I watch anything else. Oh fuck it! I'm I'm not gonna spoil anything, but yeah, he is literally like probably one of the best characters in the whole show. He Goldberg turn up. I don't. Again. Goldberg isn't in it, unfortunately. Maybe next year, maybe series six, we can see Mate. it. But to be honest, there's actually so many great characters in that show. So I I'd say it's definitely worth the watch just for the characters, and then the storyline's mad as well. He needs a redemption arc. What it needs is Bray Wyatt to turn up at the Cobra Kai dojo and say, look, I can't beat Goldberg. And then the final fight in the very final season is Goldberg versus Bray Wyatt, where he gets his redemption. Yeah, we need to see that one more time. One more time, guys. More Don't time. let us down. Because Bray Wyatt can't wrestle, apparently. Because <laughs> he lost. <laughs> uh, still, getting, still getting people making comments about that all 
Really? Do, do people... Because I, I don't actually see the comments. Do, did people actually get mad when I said that? People... So it's really funny. People don't leave us messages, especially on YouTube. What they do is they send me DMs or they ring me up and sort of say, oh, they love it, but they're like... They always seem to take umbrage with something you've said. Like, whether it's... um Oh, fuck it. Like, a couple of people, I think, got worked a bit too much. We're like, oh, fucking... Goldberg's not as good as a wrestler as Bray Wyatt. And I'm just like, well, he's kind of got a point. He did lose. <laughs> yeah, know? like... <laughs> hey babe is alive and well here i love that i love that you gotta work oh, hook line and sinker <laughs> speaking of work in the marks chris jericho took another shot at triple h over the wwe chief content officer's comments from last week when he said aw's ratings triumph over nxt was a case of aw beating our developmental system in an interview with inside the ropes jericho accused triple h of changing the narrative careful now uh, and changing the history of nxt's role within wwe it makes me laugh because when it started it was not a developmental it was a third brand jericho said of course we beat the developmental whatever you want to call it who gives a shit it was such old news you know the show sucks and nxt sucks it's not a good show and they know it uh, Jericho suggested that Triple H made his comments out of spite. He's angry that we beat him, and he is probably angry that we exist. Uh, but you know, we don't care about WWE. Not the case on your promos, though, is it, buddy? Uh, we care about our show. We care about putting on the best stories we can put on. We care about building our fan base and building our ratings, and we will continue to exist. A lot of hyperbole. Um, do you think Jericho's got any kind of point to his claims, like NXT sucking? And also, do you think that Triple H is angry that AEW Dynamite had ever so slightly better ratings than NXT? Right, I can see what Jericho's trying to say, but he did lose to Triple H at WrestleMania, so he's shit, and he doesn't matter. His opinion don't matter. <laughs> hey, one major title defense is undisputed champion, and you lose. And then, you know, <laughs> yeah, also you had Stephanie as your manager and you balls out too, mate. So you suck, mate. Just get over it. You lost. Just deal with it, innit? Yeah. yeah. And I look forward to, uh, I hope you get DM'd about this one. But yeah, Jericho sucks. Well. He did lose. Yeah, Chris Jericho can't wrestle, mate. So, um, <laughs> that ends the news. Um, yeah, fuck that Jericho guy. If you, mate, if you can't be Triple H in the main event of WrestleMania, you ain't worth shit. Uh, <laughs> so. Well, he did beat Stone Cold and The Rock. On the same night, but they probably just had the flu or something. Like they just they just weren't with it. So I have a list of WWE Hall of Famers that never won the company's world championship. And I want you to tell me whether you think they should have been a world champion or it's okay that they didn't. Do you All understand? Right, I'm ready. Cool. Yeah, yeah. I, I get All the right, concept. We, Sorry, I was just waiting. We start with <laughs> Sean Waltman, better known as the one two three kid. I think that's okay that he didn't win it. Um, yeah, yeah, I, I think that's okay he didn't win. Yeah, I don't have a problem with that. I, I, he was great, actually. In his prime, he was really good. And the one 2 free kid stuff was great, especially when he was wrestling guys like Owen Hart. They were always having the best wrestling matches, but I never would have... Re- I know people will say, oh, Ray Mysterio won the title, and he's tiny. Yeah, I, I feel like that's a bit different, though, to an X-Park. Uh, X-Park always felt like he was kind of like an extra guy. He had... Great runs, and to be fair, he won a number of titles, including the European title, the tag team titles. Like, you know, he did a lot. Um, and I know that a lot of people consider him as Mr. Galway Heat, but I think he's had a great career. I think he's probably yeah. Had- I don't, I don't really get that to be honest. Like, why is he Mr. Galway Heat? I like him. 
I think during the sort of latter days, particularly in 2000, 2001, as they were getting to the back end of the Attitude Era, fans just kind of took it out on him because he was a bit of a greasy rat, you know? A bit like they take it out on Grayson Waller because they kind of were. Like, he was one of the few guys who was legitimately a good heel that you could actually boo. So, and people say, oh, we weren't booing him because he was a good heel. We were booing him because he was shit. I was like, yeah, but if he was really shit and you didn't care about him, you wouldn't make any noise at all. You'd just ignore him. Yeah, That's... also, he did beat Razor Ramon, so... Yes, he did, which means that Razor Ramon also can't wrestle. Uh, ten... <laughs> <laughs> um, if wrestle you lose Razor one people. time, it's over. <laughs> it's over. It's been a good run, but we are done. Um, the Million Dollar Man, Ted DiBiase. That should have happened. That should count. Like, come on, bro. It does seem a bit strange, especially as he was the guy who could buy anything, and it felt like a bit of a cop out that he had his own belt. He did have world title opportunities, but he never won the big he one. He bought he bought it off of Andre the Giant, but obviously that didn't count. Well, it should count, but it didn't count, uh, which is really disappointing considering like Vince is a champ. It's like, come on, brother, like just let Million Dollar Man be a champ. Technically, like it's literally just one stat. It doesn't matter that much. Uh, Jake the Snake Roberts. He should have been a world champ. He was so never good. Any champion. He never won a single belt in WWE. Yeah, that's ridiculous, isn't it? To think about, like, we get so annoyed when, like, Kevin Owens hasn't won a belt in like five years, and people kick off about it. But you think about the run he's had; it's been memorable the whole time. So maybe it doesn't matter too much. Yeah, that's very true. Um, yeah, I think he probably. He should have been a champion. Whether he should have been the champion depends. Apparently on a Talk is Jericho episode, he revealed that he was meant to be involved in a big championship program with Hulk Hogan, but the entire angle was nixed after the crowd chanted DDT rather than for Hogan, and apparently that didn't go down well backstage, and he claims that politics essentially stopped him having a little, uh, at least a title opportunity and a run with Hulk Hogan at the top of the card. Yeah, that's just a tale as old as time, isn't it? Hulk Hogan's a dickhead. Get out of here. Just uh, politics in wrestling, just in general. Now, this man did win the WCW and TNA Heavyweight Championships, but not a WWE Heavyweight title, although he did win pretty much everything else in WWE. Jeff Jarrett. Oh, I like Jeff Jarrett. I, I really do. I really like Jeff Jarrett, and I think he should have won the world titles in, like, um, you know... WCW um, maybe shouldn't have held it quite so much in uh, the early days of Impact and TNA and that. King of the Mountain. But I, I don't I when I think about Jeff Jarrett in WWE, I don't get the image of a champion. Like I get uh, I, intercontinental champion vibes. Yeah, and when I heard that he kind of basically strong arm Vince for two hundred fifty grand to job to China because he didn't want to lose to a woman. It's like, come on, mate, it's China. Like, it's a bit bit different, isn't it? Like, yeah, mega star at the time. Mate, just wait till I'm booked against Luna Tricks, and that's going to seem like chump change. Luna Tricks? More <laughs> like Puna Tricks. Yeah, no. uh, Five yeah, she... mil minimum. <laughs> yeah, that means she can't wrestle either. Uh, Ron that's true. Simmons. Ron Simmons. Um, I don't know, because, like, you think about him in WWE... Um, it's a lot different from him when he was world champion uh, WCW, in my mind at least, just like thinking about it. And I think him winning the belt from Vader is like such a great win, such a perfect finish and that. So I, I don't know. I don't really think he needs it to be considered a great. I think he already just is a great in my mind. 
Yeah, I think obviously where he was the first sort of, there's a lot of difficulty about it because there was technically an African-American champion, but it wasn't counted in the record books. But, um, you know, officially he's seen as the first ever African-American heavyweight champion in North America. And obviously it was such a great moment where he won it. But I think the assumption is just because he won that, that he should have been the first African-American champion in WWE. And it's like, well, a bit of a different story. Um, And at the time... Like, I never looked at him and thought, there's a main eventer. I never felt like he yeah, could like, wrestle like a main eventer. Farouk, yeah. Farouk is very different to Ron Simmons, in my mind. Um, I just think That was very sports just... entertainment, that was. Yeah, yeah. and it's like, I, I don't get world champion vibes from that run. <laughs> no, it. no, do I not. Uh, Big Van Vader. Yeah, he should have been a world champ. Like, come on, brother, we love him. Uh, you know, we're big fans of him. Um, I think he should have been the uh, Rev Pro World Champ in the later years too. Um, well, you think yeah, he should have been? Wait, I mean, he did beat Will Ospreay for what it's worth. Uh, um, yeah, he should have been yeah. British Heavyweight Champion, um, and he should have retired as champ. Um, yeah, I, no- I I love Vader. I think Vader should have won. Um, I feel like he probably would have if it hadn't been for Shawn Michaels. If we're you know, led to believe that everything that's come out about that is true, and I don't see why it shouldn't be. Um, but Vader had all the tools, you know. He was a monster. He looked different to anybody else. I didn't think his promo skills were that bad either. I thought his promo skills were pretty decent too. I think, like, thing is with Vader is like obviously it sucks that Shawn Michaels got in the way, and obviously I'm a Shawn Michaels fan because uh, I'm a pussy. But um, uh, I, I think funny about this- that. When you said that, your camera slowed down and sped up, and so you went, I think, I don't know, I'm Shawn Michaels, he had a pussy. Like, you went really fast then, like, oh. for no apparent reason, which was great. Really? Did, yeah, did you kind of get why I'm... You had a few signal problems during the podcast, and every now and then you'll freeze up, so... Yeah, don't know what's up with that. I don't know if it's something to do with the weather. Him, He's watching some fucking hardcore Russian porn in the front room. <laughs> I think he is. Yeah. Um, no, but... Um... Porn, isn't it? By the way, Lunatrix fancies your dad. Yeah, I know. But she also shoved her fingers in Aaron Cruz's mouth. That is true. That happened. Um, You know, pick a fucking age range and stick with it, hun. Yeah, speaking out, Aaron (laughs) Cruz. Lord almighty. Oh, no, we're going to get in trouble for that one. Uh, Yeah. It's not... Um, Anyway. Anyway, (laughs) moving on. on. Yeah, Vader definitely should have been. Uh, The British Bulldog. Um, Yeah, sorry, to keep going with vader for one second as well like you can watch his stuff in japan as well where he is at that level so it's not like he never got to compete at that level um so i don't know not not too heartbroken over that one this is a geezer whose eye popped out and popped it back in and still carried on wrestling yeah he's sick different breed in it different breed mate um yeah the british bulldog oh yeah obviously obviously we got to make him world champ yeah that's that's just obvious, isn't it? Yeah, of course he should have. Yes, he main evented SummerSlam '92. Yes, he won the IC title and arguably the greatest match the IC title will ever have, other than of course Sheamus versus Gunter. Um, but the bottom line is, yeah, he should have been world champion. He should have, and you got to think again. Shawn Michaels being champion at the time, being a bit of a bitch, taking the European title off of him one night only. Although it was a great heel moment. It just felt like he was never, ever going to be afforded that big, big run. But then he also had a lot of problems, didn't he, with drugs and abuse and stuff like that. So you never know whether that might have played a factor. Ravishing Rick Rude. Oh, my God. I love this guy. I love this. 
Yeah, he's such a G. Him and um Rick Martel. This that was a fantastic Rick gimmick. Martell. Rick Martel is the original shit house of wrestling. What a talent. Oh mate. That little fucking what do they call it? The dehumidifier Arrogance. or whatever it was. The, the fucking little boom, the big old fucking perfume sprays from back in yeah, the day. Yeah, yeah, arrogance. Arrogance. That was brilliant. Like the way he'd walk around with the fucking, you know, with the um the sweater what kind of sweater? Oh, he's brilliant. Tennis coach as well, hitting on hot birds. Like he was fucking gangster, Rick Martel. Absolutely. Yeah. I'll tell you what, Rick Martel should have been the world champion in my opinion. He should just be in uh, what is it? Oh fuck! What are they called? The maximum male models. He should be. He's like perfect. secret owner. He's perfect for that role. Like just like the he's idea still of him... around. Like surely they can have him as like the secret owner of maximum Did you watch male models. Smackdown last week, just out of curiosity. I didn't, but I know about. Um, you know, through the day you get into the night. <laughs> so, but right before that. The thing that stood out to me most during the match, Mansoir and who's the other one? Marseille. Marseille and Mansoir. Uh, they hit like a, a double back elbow or something, and then the hard cam zooms in, and they both just go like proper. <laughs> thing. And I'm like, yes! I thought that was fucking money. I love that gimmick, mate. I don't understand how people can hate that gimmick. It's so good, mate. Their wrestling gear is jokes absolute jokes it's proper it reminds me of like attitude era kai and tai that kind of shit like just hilarious bollocks like i I actually quite like it i do speaking of hilarious attitude era bollocks do you think the godfather should have been the heavyweight champion no (laughs) (laughs) what terrible fucking person like don't get me wrong i love the godfather amazing oh by the way he is aged like a mom have you seen him he's not aged at all he still looks like he did when he was like 30 Mate, black will never crack, but he looks good. But um, yeah, no, absolutely not. He was IC champion. That was definitely his limit. Uh, Tito Santana. Oh, I thought he was a bit of a gimp. You know, watch these matches back. They were really boring. Not really. I watched. Um, I think I've seen him versus uh, Macho. Um, Arima. when it was. Like the... I think so. It was like the start of a uh, Macho Man's kind of thing, and he beat him when he was a heel. Uh, with a roll of pennies, um, but I I can't even remember if it was him. So sorry, Tito. Yeah, he sucked on the mic as well. Shocking promo. Absolutely not. Hacksaw Jim Duggan. No, no. no uh, move not. on. No. Uh, Scott Hall, Razor Ramon. Yes. What? Even though he lost to one two three kid, but therefore proving he even can't. though he did lose to one two three kid, but you know exceptions are made sometimes you know it's not so much a fiend losing to goldberg definitive l um yeah we can make an exception this man should have won the world title um and he probably would have you know yeah that's world that's all that's on the list interesting enough roddy piper not on the list but i think roddy piper should have been world champion Um, roddy piper is definitely up there um i can't believe they had before sports entertainment was a thing i can't believe roddy piper won the wcw belt and then didn't win it because they forgot to make it a title match. <laughs> Can you imagine? <laughs> Fuck me. That era of WCW was shit. Uh, mate. <laughs> he forgot to put it as a title match. Imagine that. Like you, you're like, I'm the world champion. So the referee just comes out. Oh, yeah, just so you know, they didn't actually make it for the belt. Ah, fuck. 
Like that is that the is thing is, territory. That is no, no, no. The thing is, is the storyline was that I think Roddy Piper wrote up the contract himself, so he forgot to make it a title match. <laughs> what a gimp! Sorry, I, I love Roddy Piper dearly. Rest in peace. One of my favourites of all time. But for fuck's sake, they just new levels of Mark. <laughs> That's what that is. Rotten. Absolutely rotten. Um, right, that's pretty much it. Is there anything you'd like to talk about before we wrap it up? Oh, I don't know. I don't know. You watched anything good lately? Um, I did watch fine. I cannot believe it. I've never seen this before until the other day. I watched the film The Wrestler with Mickey Rourke. I haven't seen it actually. Utterly amazing, like easily the best wrestling film I've ever seen. Um, very emotional, very powerful, very honest, and so good at showing people why we do what we love i cannot recommend you watch it enough like it really shows uh, it's all about you know he's kind of like a, a bit it's kind of almost loosely based on the ultimate warrior i guess in a way obviously he didn't do a lot of the indie dates and stuff but it's this guy who used to be a huge star and then all of a sudden he's kind of like you know he's still in shape but he's a broken down old man trying to relive his glory and he's got this big match with the ayatollah which he leads to and you know, he has a heart attack and all this stuff. It's pretty deep, actually. It's pretty deep and it's really well acted. It's very emotional. It's very powerful. You see the relationship break down between him and his daughter as well. Like, the whole thing is just basically him realising that wrestling is the only thing he has in his life and it's the only thing that's worth a damn. So it's kind of really good because on one side it shows you what it's like to be a wrestler and what we kind of feel is a drug to us but then on the other side of things it also reminds you that as amazing as wrestling is if it becomes the be one end all of your life it can really do you a lot of damage long term so definitely worth a watch beautiful film yeah yeah no i've i've uh i watched the latest series of cobra kai um and i really enjoyed that um it is quite a goofy show like um i don't know it's it's not very realistic not very naturalistic i guess but um I, I do enjoy it. It's, it is a laugh. I think it's really funny. The first series, I think you'll find hilarious. I think you'll really enjoy Johnny Lawrence's character um, and um, his rivalry with Daniel LaRusso that gets revived in that. Um, I think it's great. Chosen Taguchi as well is so fucking funny. Chosen is one of the best characters in the show. It'd be nice to watch someone that's a bit happier because I feel like all the best stuff is quite dark, quite brooding, like Walking Dead, Game of Thrones, all that stuff. That stuff's great, but sometimes it's nice to watch something that's fun and happy and not take it too seriously. That's kind of why I like the Umbrella Academy because it had all the drama and the energy, but then it also had such a hilarious comedy element behind it and, you know, the relationships between five and, you know, um, just the way it's kind of done. Klaus especially was such a great comic relief during that TV series, so yeah, I'll, I'll give it a go and see what it's like. I also watched the first episode of the Lord of the Rings TV series. Um, oh, how's that? Good, really good. I'm interested because a lot of people are moaning about it. The biggest critique I'm seeing is that it's too slow, and I'm like, it's a TV series that yeah, you're not going to get. Rings. You're not going to have, you know, the fight at the Twin Towers or whatever, or the Two Towers, excuse me. Um, you're not going to have that fight, are you? Like, straight <laughs> off the bat. No, <laughs> careful now. <laughs> um, especially oh, God, that's really what you said. WrestleBug does not condone any terrorist attacks. Um, the bottom line is, um, yeah, no, I think it's really good. The main character, Galadriel, uh, from what I've said, or I assume will be the main character, is awesome. 
Like she's really fucking cool. This like elven sort of warrior who just doesn't want to kind of really buy into the traditions of the elven army and still believes in the presence of the orc and you know and it just yeah it just I, I think it hits a really nice vibe. The other thing that people are critiquing it for is being too shiny. It's twenty twenty two. Of course, the CGI is going to be ball bustingly good. No, they're not going to be like, yeah, let's film it like Peter Jackson did when he was wanking in his basement. Now, nah, mate, like, that holds up. To be fair. It does actually. Um, yeah. Still looks yeah, amazing. No, those those films hold up so well. Um, but yeah, I think obviously, like they poured buckets and buckets and buckets of money into this thing. Um, I know people are kicking off, but they they just kind of do that when something's new. I think the only time like something new's come out and it's been properly like shit on is like the Star Wars trilogy, and I feel like that was really deserved because uh, they were so bad, but. I I do want to give this one a go. I was going to start it the other day. Um, I I've only watched the Lord of the Rings trilogy once, so I I don't really remember it too much. But I was going to give it a go, but my Amazon account just logged out and I forgot the password, so I watched someone else instead. But I will give that a go definitely. Yeah, no, definitely. Um, I started watching Ash versus the Evil Dead. Interesting. I think you'll find that joke. So. I like um, yeah, yeah. Have you seen uh? Because I've seen the evil, I've seen Evil Dead too, and I literally think it's one of the funniest films I've seen. I think it's great. Um, Three rate. I haven't seen Army of Darkness just yet, or the first one. Army of I Darkness thought... is fucking hilariously stupid. I, it's just like it's just fucking weird. It's really out there, but it is actually quite a good film. I've seen all three of the originals. Like, um, yeah, I'll, I'll never get over the tree rape scene. I'm like, what the fuck? Well, you, you yeah, that's heavy. It's that thing that somebody wrote, sat down in a writer's meeting, you know, sat down right, you've got to write this perfect kind of horror film with a slight camp comedic edge. It's like, do you know what gets a laugh? Women being raped by trees. What? Yeah, no. I, I think uh, Sam Raimi did come out and just say like he regretted set making that years later. And that's why it's not really included in the, the when they did the Evil Dead the 2 the recap at the start. Oh, okay. Yeah. Um, have you seen the the remake remake the proper scary one? Uh, no, I think they redo the tree rape scene again, don't they? Yeah, I, I I'm not sure if it's quite so graphic um as in the original, but I know there is kind of that going on uh, where like she gets grabbed by the trees. But yeah, the the Evil Dead remake just looks terrifying. I, I don't think I got the guts to watch that one. To be honest, I'm not good with horror films. I'm a right pussy old with horror films. The only horror films I can watch like I really like us. Um. I really liked, uh, I like the Alien and Predator films. They're okay. I can kind of handle it. That's like the right level of horror for me. Something that's a little I, bit more. I like slashers. Um... Like, yeah, I'm not big on slashers. Like, I can watch them, but they just, after a while, I'm just like, okay, cool. What else? They, like, you know, the Texas Chainsaw Massacre. It's just the same shit over and over. A bunch of fucking inbred hillbillies murdering people. Like, but give me something different. Give me some energy, something unique. That's why I liked Us, because I've never seen a film like that. It was really like, terrifying but also quite cool to watch a bit like signs i really like signs a lot of people you watched like nope yet no i haven't seen that <sighs> that's pretty incredible like that i i think it's still in cinemas now so i'd say just yeah get get to nearest cinema and watch that because it's it needs to be seen on a big screen to be appreciated i think still need to see bullet train mate that's what's on top of my list to watch right? bullet train was fucking mad like that film is so good but yeah, I'd say definitely give Cobra Kai a go. Uh, Ash versus Evil Dead is really funny as well. I feel like you'll find that really funny. 
Um, Happy days. Yeah, good times. Well, I will leave us with a rather amusing story from the late, great Eddie Guerrero. So uh, if you want to check it out on WrestlingInc.com right now, they have a list of the greatest pranks ever made in wrestling. Uh, this one stood out to me. Jerry Sags and Brian Nobbs, the Nasty Boys, spent their time in wrestling working exclusively as a tandem over three different decades. However, their antics outside the ring have long since overshadowed their accomplishments inside the ring. Um, whereabouts is it? There we are. The duo became infamous for their pranks designed to bully younger, more naive wrestlers. A common Nasty Boys prank would see them H-bomb, short for Halcyon Bomb, a fellow wrestler's drink at the bar, proceeding to demean them by cutting their hair, shaving their eyebrows, or anything else they could think to do. Halcyon is a controlled substance frequently prescribed by doctors as a powerful sleep aid to help combat insomnia. Wrestlers commonly use the Halcyon alcohol cocktail as a prank tool throughout the 80s and 90s, so the Nasty Boys' use of the drug on Guerrero was hardly groundbreaking. Eddie Guerrero detailed in his book, Cheating Death, Stealing Life, one instance of the Nasty Boys breaking out the H-bomb to sedate him during a tour of New Japan Pro Wrestling. He woke up at the end of his flight with his eyebrows completely sheared off, his mustache shaved to resemble Hitler, and his trademark bangs chopped off. Footage can still be seen of Guerrero wrestling with the unique look. When Latino Heat found out Sags and Knobs were the culprits, he sought retribution, buying a baseball bat with the intent of breaking their knees. Uh, fucking hell. However, his friend Victor Marr, better known as Black Cat, talked him out of it. Instead, Guerrero and Cat took revenge on the Nasty Boys during a sponsored night out in Japan. As Sags and Knobs had begun to fill up on booze, Guerrero and Cat started collecting table scraps of shellfish, crab, and other discarded items off the wrestlers' plates. From there, they converted the scraps into a special sauce fit for a Nasty Boy before offering the sauce to Sags and Knobs. They started slurping it up while me and Cat were trying not to piss our pants laughing. That was so satisfying. Feeding those fucking assholes a bowl of shit, and they didn't even have a clue. So even now, Eddie Guerrero is still able to fucking lie, cheat, and steal his way into our hearts. Beautiful. By the way, fuck the nasty boys. They sound like a right pair of bell ends. Spiking at somebody's drink, mate. That's 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 not cool. It wasn't cool back then. It sure as hell ain't cool now. Yeah, that's a bit far, isn't it? Bit far for that one. It is. Uh, not a fan Cameron Anderson thank you very much for joining us for the State Wrestling Address thank you for having me on my pleasure do you have any wrestling dates coming up you want to share with the audience oh I'm wrestling um in Chichester on Saturday who I'm wrestling and in what kind of match I have no idea but we will see uh, is that going to be for Premier Promotions Yes, it is. Well, to be honest, I don't know because I've seen the branding for this one. It is a bit weird. I know it is with Premier Promotions, but I think it's in it's conjoined with something else. I okay. I think it's like some sort of sponsored event. Uh, it's it's a bit of a strange. I'm sorry. People can buy tickets to see it though. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They can get tickets cool. to see that one. Um, and yeah. yeah, that's going to be really cool. I think so. Check it out. I'm that means it's do they sell tickets online or are they still kind of old school in the sense of bar on the door? No, they do sell tickets online, I believe. Um, I think I'll probably find a link. Yeah, check out Premier Promotions. If you search for that on Facebook, you should be able to find a link, buy tickets, and uh, hopefully go and see Cameron Anderson wrestling in Chichester. That'd be pretty cool. And if you don't see him there, you can definitely see him October the 22nd when he whips Frankie T from pillar to post and captures the CWP Tag Team Championship probably single-handedly if he picks Cruz. So it might be better to pick Victor Logan... For that yeah, match. I'm definitely in that match. Um, Obviously. We'll see. I wonder who we're going to go for. 
you're the workhorse, mate. You work every match. Like, you know, Freebirds rule is in effect, so it could be crucial. Because I'm the Presidente. Because exactly. I'm El Presidente. I'm the king of bromance. All right. There you go. Chloe getting his DMs. Um, should be a good one. Ladies and gentlemen, thank you very much for watching the State of Wrestling Dress. I've been Aaron X. He's been Cameron Anderson. We're going to catch you very soon for more content from the Wrestle Blog. Oh, yeah, fucker. Lovely stuff.